This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. So just a, 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 just a brief akdama. I don't want to take any of uh, Lapiansky's time. Just, um, just to say, first of all, very, very fortunate uh, host of Lapiansky here in year. It's really a pleasure to have Rosh Hashiva back with us. Um, Lepiansky is Rosh Hashiva of uh, the Shira of Greater Washington and specifically gives Shira in the Shiva Gadola in Greater Washington, Silver Spring, Maryland. Um, he's really a tremendous person and uh, really one of the Bali Machshava uh, in our generation. Um, and uh, it's a real schuss and privilege to ask him to speak with us. So please, Lepiansky, thank you. become Masoras and Baruch Hashem. It's an enjoyable Masoras and we always have one or two familiar faces here, Baruch Hashem, and we have reminders of the Yeshiva by us, Baruch Hashem, so it's, uh, there's a certain familiarity with the, with the, with the flavor of the Yeshiva and the people. I want to talk about something, it's a, it's a Pasuk that gets lost in the Makis and, and, um, and it has it, it has a point that's so relevant and it's lost because people they sort of brush it aside as being just a conversation in the last conversation between Paro Moshe he says um, he, 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 Paro said okay go take uh, what you need and you can go so he says, We're going to take everything. Because we don't know what Hashem wants till we get there. So you know what? We, we don't know what it is that we need to take. We're packing and taking everything. In, in the flow of the conversations, it sounds like a game almost. Um, you know, for a long time, for many Marcus Parr just wasn't letting go. Then he said, okay, you can go without the kids. Then he said, no, we need the kids. And then he says, okay, so take the kids, take the, the shlom, take whatever you want. He says, well, at this stage already, I'm not even sure what I want to take. I'm going to take everything. So, is, the, is he playing a game? Mela um, Kodesh Baruch Hu is, is, says that he's playing with power. It says, Ashe Salalti, Libo. So there's a sense that a Baruch Hu is pushing him to send and he's taking it away. But Moshe Rabbeinu, what's, what's that about? Why does Moshe Rabbeinu need that excuse for? Um, and, it's, and it's almost the opposite of what he said before. You know, when you negotiate with somebody and the person keeps upping the, the price because he realizes that you want it desperately, it's not considered no. You know, so, like, you set a price, and just because you see that I want it, now you're upping the price. It's not halachically awesome, but it certainly doesn't fit well. So what's Moshe doing over here? Um, it's a horror, and I would like to... S- the point I would like to make is that it's not a game, but there was something very serious that he meant about it. 
Let's try to explain what happened. Like, he, pretty much beforehand, sheep seemed to be it. He said, well, I, you, um, why don't you do your little worshipping Mitzrayim? He said, well, sheep, you Mitzrayim don't like sheep. So now he says, well, we're not even sure if it's sheep. We're going to just take everything. Who knows what Hashem is going to want? W- what's that Nakuda there and so on? So let's start with something else. And with a different point, and uh, with a very, very important decide in a person's hiskarvus takadish baruchu, and we'll come back and we'll get a sense of the pasuk here. The, the, the very beginning of Meishar Abenu's approach takadish baruchu is the the nevuah with the snare. So there's a parasha there. He tells him, "Vayemim Meishar surin averes hamara god lazer, vayara Hashem kisar liros." So the the um, it's it's a little bit strange that Moshe Rabbeinu waited with his that Hakadosh waited with the Isser until he actually went through this little conversation. One would have expected. I mean, we know in modern days, the Kolkori, that something is Usr, comes out way before anything else. The first thing is it's Usr. Then there's a discussion about why, why not, why yes, or anything like that. So we would have expected HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the first thing is to yell out, don't go anywhere near here, and then say, okay, Moshe, how are you? I'm HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you're Moshe, nice to meet, and so on and so forth. We get this whole conversation beforehand, and, and, then, and then he tells him, I'll take her alone. And, and this, this parsha is, is an incredibly significant parsha because it marks the transition of Moshe Rabbeinu from being a big person to being a Navi. This is the parsha where Moshe is moving from being a big person who's done tremendous things and he's about to get into the world of Nevoah. So all, every single bit of this conversation is significant about it. So, I want to share the Yisod, there's a sefer called Torah's Mincha, from Yaakov Skali, there's a Talmud of Rashba, he's a Rishon, very chash sefer on Chomish, works as drushes, so to speak, it's like longer pieces, but it's, it's got a touch of Kabbaldic in Yanim, but most of it is extremely accessible, and very, very, very important Yisodos. And he says the following, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit of it, but m- most of it is almost the way he says it. Everybody's approach to HaKadosh Baruch Hu starts with this world. In other words, the only way to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for the outsider is through observing the world and asking himself some important questions. The, um, you know, and being misborn in the world, like it says, Avram Avinu, he specifically he homes in on Moshe Rabbeinu's approach. And he says, He says, Moshe Rabbeinu had the following issue, the following paradox about the world. The world itself, as it consumes energy, and as it uses up products, falls into decay and disarray. Today, we're, that's, that's, everybody's all, 
the, the, the ecology of the planet and, and, and everything about it. He, he said the whole world is, everything that happens uses up stuff and it should dry up. The stars, the sun, everything is going in one direction of drying out and dying out. How does the world continue to survive? Um, it's one of the puzzles, actually, that, that people who believe in evolution have to wrestle with. There's something called entropy, which means that the world keeps going downhill in terms of um, usable energy. So every time you, you have something producing energy, there's a lot of waste product, it dissipates as heat, it cannot be used, and it goes. So how could this, this world is seemingly reversing this? You're going from a piece of rock and it's becoming something useful. It's like, uh, we all know that if you leave your room alone for a week, it looks like a real mess. It, you can't imagine by leaving it alone for a week, it would look much better than when you, than when you started the process. If you, don't, if you don't do anything in the room, then it's a much bigger mess at the end of the week. If, if evolution is just everything is hefk and left by itself, how did one part of the world become so complex and, and, and so effective and efficient? It's a great puzzle, and it's, and it's a real problem. And the answers are very big dochik to Ritzik. But that, the Torah says, was Moshe Rabbeinu's hisbonus. How is it that the world continues to be despite the fact that everything becomes dissipated and useless and, and run down. At that point, HaKadosh Baruch Hu told him, Shal Nalechom Al Raglecha, which means as follows. Your mind can take you up to a certain point of emis. From this point onwards, you can't use paradigms that are physical. You can't continue using the, the scientific, which, and I don't mean scientific, the human logic won't get you any closer to Emmis than this point. At this point, you need to take it off. Let's give a, 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 a bit of a muscle for Shalom Alecha. When you walk outside and the ground is dirty, rocky, um, it, 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 it's, got, it's got all sorts of things that are harmful the shoes insulate the foot it provides a coarse material to, to sort of um, shoe from everything that's out there and the right thing is to wear a heavy boot when you're, when you're going on, on rocky and difficult terrain but when you're, when, you're, when you're in a house with a very soft carpet and you want to get the full pleasantness and the softness of it, then wearing a shoe doesn't allow you. It, it makes the foot insensitive, and it cannot sense the pleasant softness of a carpet. And it's by taking off the shoes that you feel the, the pleasance of it. So at the, this point, he was told, stop, get rid of your mindset that's physical, and now you're going to have to look at it and think of it in a different way. So, Nevoah, the Rambam, when he writes about Nevoah, Anavi starts by being a very big Chacham and having a very deep and penetrating mind that he uses. But when you get to a certain point, you realize that those tools are too coarse 
to go further and you need something that allows you to feel things in a very different way. That is, that's the way the Torah's Mincha explains the, the, the story to Sneh. I want to show this point in two or three other places. There's a um, the Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar uh, and other Rishonim say that the reason why stone was punished for what for what they for what they did wrong, even though they didn't have any mitzvahs, they didn't have Torah, because God didn't give it to them. So Rabbi says that mitzvahs that are understood by every human being as being pashat, that you can't do things to hurt somebody, that somebody who's in pain needs to be helped, and somebody who's in need is a responsibility of society. Those mitzvahs don't need a tzivui. If you understand it with your own seichel, if, if not you personally as much as it is understood by seichel and das that, it is, that that's right, then you're supposed to do it and you're responsible for it. That would sound like mitzvahs are things that are understood, at least certain mitzvahs. And yet, we have chazal, that, that, plenty of chazal that say, you know, if a person says, that you should have rachmanis on us, like you had a rachmim on the bird, and you gave the mitzvah ken sipper, then mishaskenaiso. He's an apikoris. But I understand. But you just said that rachmanis and kindness and so on, understand yourself. The self-evident mitzvahs are real mitzvahs. So why, why, if the person gets up, so, so the same person, the guy who's in stone and says, I couldn't kill us if he dies, I'm not giving him one dollar of mine, he's a Russian, deserves to be destroyed. But if I come along and say, just like you gave us the holy mitzvah stuck to help needy people, and I see that, you're, that, that you want rachmim, the person is mishaskinah. So why? So the answer is, it's, I guess it's a sort of a continuous path. And in the Torah it's called Derech Eitzchayim. The Eitzchayim is the, 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 the Torah itself, and we'll define that in a minute. And there's a road that leads up to it. The road is Derech Eitzchayim. It's called Derech Eretz Kodmola Torah. It means, I'm not in your Yerushalayim now, but there's a path here in Shalavim, that will take you to Yerushalayim. There's a road here that will take you, you're in Shalavim, but you're on the road. In Shalavim, there's a road that goes to Yerushalayim, and to Tel Aviv. The, 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 um, the road itself is something that is Shalavim, but it's taking you there, but it's taking you to Yerushalayim. But when you get to Yerushalayim, you're in Yerushalayim. Derech Eretz Kodmotor means in a mundane and secular world, there are values planted that will bring you to Ruchnius. And those are the items that are called mitzvahs that are self-evident, that are mishpat. But when I get to a certain point, I need to drop that paradigm for a minute and understand it differently. And, and let's move in that direction. Um, there's a Pasik that says 
um, there's a chazal. It says, it says in the pasuk, mi picha dasut that we want from your mouth to have wisdom, understanding, dasut funos. So chazal give a marshal, very strange marshal. Marshal, uh, there was a king who had a very favored daughter, a real, uh, 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 um, a, a, a real prize, whatever you want to call that, that type of child. And he was giving her sweet things to eat. And he was eating sweet things and was giving her. And she said, I want the piece that you have in your mouth. I want that. That's the pshat mi picha dasut funos. What's the what's the name talking about? Well, what's the what's the um, besides? I mean, you know, we are spoiled brat like that. We 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 would go into chinuch mode. But what exactly does it mean? What, is it, what, is, what does she want? And, and Chazal say that that's what we ask for. When we ask me, Piv Funas, we want Akadish Baruchus. The answer is, the object is a sweet. It's a date, it's a fig, whatever it is. I eat it and you eat it. We're both eating something sweet, and that's common. But I'm tasting it the way I taste it, and you taste it the way you taste it. The marshal that the Bas Melech, who's so close to the king, what she wants is, she wants to have the sense of the king's taste in it. In other words, not only do I want to share an activity, I would like to share your enjoyment of the activity. I'd like to share your feeling of it. It's, it's sometimes, uh, you, you see, a mother identifies with a child one of the downsides of a mother sometimes is they have a very hard time being objective about things because they feel things the way their child feels. So, 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 they can, so even though as an adult, if you would step up back a few steps and say, oh, the child doesn't need it, it's not good for him, what does he need it for, and so on, the mother will feel the child's disappointment and because her feelings identify with the child's feelings, they, they will almost do something, despite the fact that as, as an adult woman, sh- she would think otherwise. If, it was, if she was a teacher or, 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 or a therapist, someone else, she would think very differently. We have... A Kaddish Baruch who has a certain... Das Tvuna in the Bria, a way of... Um, what's the word? I, I don't know. Understanding the mitzvah? Not that, that it's not a, a limitation on Kaddish Baruch Hu, but there's a world of how a Kaddish Baruch Hu, um, not only wants us to do, but wants us to feel and understand. Let's give an example. Let's take a simple example. We'll have some, something we're able to put a, a wrap a, 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 a things around. You bring somebody to a Shabbos table who's never seen Shabbos before. The person likes it. If he's very simple, he likes it because the challah is good, the fish is good, the chicken is good, the kugel is good, and it's for free, so everything is good. No problems. Somebody that's a little more, uh, a person with a little more refined sensitivities, will look at the family and say, what a beautiful family experience it is. And, and he'll be able to identify with that sense of it. That's fine. But then you can explain to him the musig of HaKadosh Baruch Hu creating a tachas for the world and on the seventh day he planted in the world a sense 
of tainuk, to, to, that the world is made for a certain type of tainuk, and this is the realization of it. And that's a whole different taste of the Shabbos. When you're tasting it the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the taste that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants in the Shabbos. So it's the same Shabbos, and it's not that the first two are wrong, but the first two are outsiders, using an outside taste bud to taste it, and the third one has the inside taste, and he feels it and senses it the way Kaviyach HaKadosh himself wants it to be sensed and felt. So, at some point, we cross over from, from the point of our um, understandings of it and our taste bud to begin to deherit, to begin to feel it from the perspective of HaKadosh Baruch Hu giving it. In some places, there's no alternative. Let's give an example. It says that Parada is a chok, it has no tam, and only Moshe Rabbein HaKashvah is Megal at the tam. What does that mean? It, it, does it mean that if I bugged Moshe Rabbein enough, he would tell me the reason, and, and, I, would, and, I, would, and I would know it? Th- that's, not, that's not, he only revealed it to Moshe. I mean, that's not Be'etzim, that, that only Moshe knows it. It happens to have information. But, but that's, that, that would, that's, not what the, that's not what the Chazal meant. What it means is, let's give an example. I don't have a phenomenal sense of aesthetics. And somebody will walk into me in a very nice room and say, this room is <coughs> extraordinary, it's striking. And I'll ask him, why? Like, how, why? And he would tell me. It's, it's just the way the colors meld into each other. And the shapes are suggestive, but, but they keep things this and that and the other thing. I would listen, I would nod politely, and I would say, I hear. Would I feel it? I don't have the sense to feel it. I don't have a very refined aesthetic taste. And I would, I would shrug my shoulders. And even if he would tell me why this room is so marvelous, I, you know, I, okay, yeah, you know, it's, it's, um, I, I'll, I can, I'll trust on it, but I, I don't feel it. And the reason I don't feel it is I don't have that sense. Paraduma, the reason for paraduma and the taste of paraduma and the feel for it requires a set of taste buds that are kaviyochal in resonance with HaKadosh Baruch Hu's taste. And if you're an outsider, so long as you still are in a mode of nalayim, you still have human taste buds, it doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't register on your taste buds. Just like the beauty of the room doesn't register on, on the sense of somebody who doesn't have an aesthetic sense. So, so the, 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 the time of Meshur Abenu was, was, he was the only one who could feel the time for Paraduma. It's not a question of saying words. It's say words, say words. It's like sometimes, let's give a contemporary example. If people go around, the real reason for the mitzvahs is in Kabbalah. Okay, great. So, so why do you do X, Y, or Z? Well, because this sphere has to match up with this sphere in this and this way. Does it, does it terribly inspire me? No. And it, it, does, it, does it make it more meaningful? Does it explain it to me? Okay. I, I mean, again, I trust it. 
it only, the reason why it doesn't inspire me and excite me is because I don't have those, I don't live in that world. The world I live with is a lot more down to earth, and it has to be, if I were more spiritual, if I lived in a world where all these things were realities and I had the sense of it, that would make sense. So, going back to, to this piece over here, the, the, um, meant to understand more than a certain point. We can understand Torah up to a certain point in, in, with human reason understanding. And this, by the way, is one of the understandings and answers when we speak of natural uh, morality, natural ethics. Can Torah contradict it or not? On the, on the outside, no. In other words... Um, it, it, it's definitely the things we normally think of as being good tend to be good and they lead us to our Kaddish Baruch Hu. but there comes to a point where that stops Chesed is generally very very nice for a Molech you deserve to lose everything like Shaul did for, for extending Chesed a Molech so you're not a person who doesn't demonstrate Chesed and Rachmim in day to day life is, is a bad person he's, he's, there's something perverted about him but a person who says Amalek is, is killing Amalek goes against the grain of every single thing that I feel so basically you're saying there's nothing God can feel that I don't feel or I have the right to call him somewhere along the line that's, that's going against the grain of Amuna that a Kachmarach is beyond us so if I were to tell you my own Svara, we should kill Amalek then you have a right to shoot me down with two guns and say, it's cruel, it's terrible, it's terrible. said so. Who gave you the sense of goodness? It's a road. Who, who paved the road going to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Who paved that road of kindness and concern and so on? So, first stage, a person's natural instincts of Tov bring you to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Beyond that point, we no longer have it. I think... Um, that's the Pshat in this Pasha here. The Makis were a progression of establishing a Kaddish Baruch Hu's dominance of the entire world. It wasn't just, it, it, they weren't just tactics to get power to send them out because they're not even, they're not even tougher. Like I pointed out, there's a Choshech that says they couldn't see anybody else and they couldn't get up. It's not comfortable, but it certainly beats being killed by the burrow or eaten up by the tigers and the lions. It, you know, it, it certainly is, Choshech is not the toughest one of the lot, and yet it's the end. The answer is, every single mark aggression of a gilui, of another facet of a Kashrof in this world, and there's an explanation for each and every one of them, uh, um, in a way that at the end of it, all of it was illuminated. Moshe Rabbeinu said, I've reached the point, at this point, where my understanding of what would be a good offering to Kaddish Baruch Hu no longer is valid. I've passed the point of Yediyah. We start the process of getting close to Kaddish Baruch Hu through Yediyah and through Das Adam. And that's the only way we start the process. But a person needs to recognize that at some point... It's beyond his idea. And at this point, Moshe said, Until we're not there, 
I can't. If I have to send a gift to somebody. So as long as I'm an outsider, I can only pick the things I like. So I'm asked to send, there's somebody, a very important guest coming to, to visit the yeshiva, and we need to give him some gift when he comes. I know nothing about him. So I'll go into a store and buy a thing that I think is very nice and give it to him. That's, that's all I could do. But as I get closer to the person, as, as I interact with the person, I begin to shift gears and start asking myself, what does that person want? In the big picture, I think it's what we are doing in a yeshiva. The, the difference, I'm talking about Shomot Torah mitzvahs, not none from people and from people. The difference is someone who's a ben Torah, in the sense that he's learned enough so that he has a sense of how a sugya works, and how a halacha works, and, and a sense of what things Chazal emphasized, and which things Chazal shied away from, and which things Chazal pushed us away from. If you, until that point, anyone who comes to the outside is doing mitzvahs because it's good, and it's right, and it's a wonderful thing. But we're outsiders, and we don't begin to have a feel for Yiddishkeit, with, with, the, with, the, with the taste kaviyochel that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has the mipiv da'asutvunas the eni roitza elo mipicha I want to feel it the way you feel it it's not only doing mitzvahs is the first step and doing it because I understand how wonderful it is is important step forward and doing it because I know I'm obligated to do it and I need to do what I'm obligated to is a very important step but the next step is don't ask yourself how the house helps you the way you understand yourself but try to figure out where is this halacha taking me to um, you know it, it's, I get the Shabbos because I like something about the, the sense of, of, of how wonderful it's for the family and the sense how wonderful it's that is great and, and so on but now I start learning Hilcha Shabbos let Hilcha Shabbos teach me what Shabbos is. Let me try to get a Karish Baruch Hu's sense that he's trying to give over. It's, 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 it's very fine. It requires, there's an agonizing transition period when I go from understanding things the way I understand it to saying Vanachna Loneida till we begin to have Das Elyon of Meishra Rabbeinu knowing the, the, the timing. That transition period is the period that you sit and learn. And, in, and, and it's important to think about everything you learn, but not to start with your nalayim and say, well, I understand it this way, and, and, and uh, it, if it don't make sense to me, it don't exist. You'll ne- you can't get very far with that, because you have your own coarse shoes on and, and your own coarse mind. As you let go, and, 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 and you and you. You steep in the learning, and you let it begin to shape your taste and your feelings, your understanding. You begin to get a that mitiv daset finis. Bezos Hashem, we should use our time really well, and it's 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 great that a person gets to this point through his own understanding of what's good and what's right. We need to start with das, but we need to understand that the road takes us to a certain point where it's shal and 
the more we're able to absorb the Kedush of Torah <coughs> and the Das HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the, the more we will begin to have a time in these mitzvahs and, and, and a time that will bind us to the mitzvahs in, 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 the, in the most essential way possible. It's like